0: Welcome to another episode, that would be episode 77 of the Struggling Hunters podcast. Um, thank you for tuning in, thank you for listening uh, or watching, whatever it is, platform you happen to be uh, participating on. We appreciate it and would like to say thanks again for all the comments that out there and all the new people that have subscribed over the last little bit. Um, we really really appreciate it and uh uh you know we 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 hope we are worth your time <laughs> uh you get some type of value out of it whether it's uh something you haven't thought of or maybe something to laugh at or uh something to help you pass the time whatever it is we're just glad you're here and uh kind of give you a little background on this uh <clears throat> On this episode, episode 77, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, lessons learned in in the, I guess, the archery elk season in 2021. And in a way that, you know, like, you know, as we, the podcast is named the Struggling Hunters. So in a way, this is struggles that we maybe have gone through this year, um, more in the field than out of the field. And hopefully, uh, you know, it's something you guys have, uh, maybe struggled with. And if it is, give us a comment, um, tell us what you've thought, or maybe a situation you got into that, uh, where you learned something or how you remembered how, not how you remembered, how do you remember to do something when you're in the woods? Cause I think uh, one of the things that me and Eric have has done was we tried to prep ourselves for this coming, this past season with things that we were going to try to do better at. And I'll say for myself uh, that I went in thinking I had a plan and I felt myself slipping into other tendencies that I had or habits, I guess I should say, that I formed over the years that I'd slip into when things probably weren't going as well as I wanted them to. Um, and so that's, you know, like what me and Eric are trying to do is better ourselves as hunters and, uh, you know, keep, keep, keep pushing through the struggles to become better. So, like I said, we'll just go ahead and dive in, uh, to this, this podcast, but first, if you've been listening to our other podcasts, you, uh, we've discussed, uh, the Fred bears, 10 commandments. And, uh, so we have done the first two and I believe we're on commandment number three of, uh, Fred bear. So, and we just, you know, it's kind of the end of the season. So we'll probably pull these back out when next season comes up because there's like, You know, there's some awesome commandments in here that really, um, give you a lot to think about to become a better hunter. Like they're very basic and I think that they're awesome. So I guess I've been talking. So you want to read number three, Eric? Yeah. Thanks Joe for letting me cut in. You're welcome. We, no. we do have Eric here with us this is the Joe show today.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It almost sounded like a single man podcast today. Uh, <laughs> no, man. I matter of fact, that was pretty impressive though. I got, I got to hand it to you. You went on for, I don't know how long you went on for, but it was a good <laughs> little minute. And uh, so you did pretty good. So uh, I just got to sit here and look pretty. So, uh, but let me get on to Fred Bear's commandments and, and yeah, like Joe said, I mean, I, I don't know if we're articulating it the right way, but the thing I do like about these commandments is, is they are just like little refreshers, little reminders to be like, Oh yeah, that kind of makes sense. Like, you know, let's, let's just stick to that. And, you know, Fred, Fred bear, I mean, he, he did this, you know, he, I mean, he came up with these commandments, but he, he utilized them himself. He believed in them and. And uh, you know, it was a pretty successful hunter from the research that I've done of him. I I th- that's something that we should um it's funny whenever I get to talk it, then I'm like I'm like, Oh yeah, we should do a podcast about that or something. But anyways, we should probably do like a little little segment on Fred Bear and who he was and what he was and kind of do a little research on him. True a matter of fact, I'm saying that and I, I'm not a hundred percent sure if he's dead or alive, but I think, I think he might've passed away. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I believe he did. I can't remember when, but yeah, he passed away. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so let me get to the, uh, meat and potatoes of, of
1: this whole situation here. And, uh, number three of the 10 commandments of hunting is always approach from downwind in the cool of the day, move uphill in the heat of the day, move downhill. So I think that's like one of, one of, to go off on that. I think that's like one of me and Joe's biggest things and maybe most hunters biggest things too, is, is, um, playing the wind and, and, uh, working uphill, downhill stuff. Um, it could be, it could be tricky at times, you know, to, to always be playing the wind and always working the wind. And then (laughs) it's a lot of fun whenever it decides to swirl on you too. So (laughs) Then, then you're just like walking in circles at that point, right? Right. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it, playing the wind is is uh, something that I took a lot of focus on this year, and and in some ways, I do think that it actually helped me um, with some of the close calls and successes that I had this year. I, I, I mean, I, I feel like it. It's definitely a factor,
0: right? Um, well, not like you know. Uh, it's kind of funny, like I didn't, when we talked about what topics we were going to discuss this week and, uh, you know, we kind of brought up uh, lessons learned in the this season and, and, uh, and that kind of goes hand in hand with us doing like these Fred Bear commandments. But like, you know, both of us on our list of things we've learned this year was making is I, if you want to use play in the wind. it it was on both of our lists. Like we both written down some things that we've, we've was that your first one? I can't remember. Um, it was my, actually my second one. Oh, okay. It was my first one was playing the wind. Yeah. So it's, it's like one of the most important things besides, besides being caught moving, you know, like right. And like, you know, the most off that comment of being most important and realizing how important it is. Um, So, and I know this is no excuse, but like my whole life up until three, four years ago was a rifle hunter. And, you know, I've always heard of people, um, talking about playing the wind, but being a rifle hunter and my technique has been more, you know, spot and stock where I've set up on a hill and, uh, tried to see a deer or an elk, but and never really gave the wind um, respect, I guess. Like I just was like, oh, I'm going to, there's a hill over there. I'm going to hike from here to there to that hill. And that's where I'm going to hunt. And I'm not going to res- respect the wind. And then like one article I've read recently was like, you know, like one, one guy's like, well, I, you know, like oh, i never really cared about the wind and I never really seen much game. And you know, if you, and me and Eric, on my opening of my hunt we kind of experienced what the wind does firsthand we you know we had the wind in our favor watching the spot and then a cow elk with a calf came in and uh we had the wind in our favor went to put a stock on it and got with got got into our stock about 30 yards and the winds shifted and she took off like there we were like she knew we were there didn't which even she did <laughs> yeah yeah that was amazing so
1: i'm glad that happened early in the year with you because that was an eye-opener to me when when that happened i i really i was like oh this this win stuff like i mean that's that's real you know because yeah, right kind of kind of parallel and with everything you said about the um about like hunting with rifles and stuff and kind of doing it more from a distance. Like you don't really, well, I feel like my right. We'll get into that, I guess, in the podcast, but I'll, I I guess I'll let this go. So I feel like my rifle hunting is actually going to change because of my one year of experience with archery (laughs) hunting. Right. But I do, I'm, I'm serious though. I, I do feel like it's going to change a little bit. The way I rifle hunt will change. The way I archery hunt.
0: Correct. No, I, I, for me, it will too. And like with that, I think we'll just go ahead and Or vice in. versa. I think I said that backwards, but <laughs> sorry, I didn't, or, catch that. <laughs> or maybe I did. I don't know. I, I felt as soon as I got done
1: saying it, I'm like, ah, did I say that backwards? Anyways, the way I rifle hunt is going to be, is, is going to change because of the way I archery hunted this last
0: year or this. Yeah. This last year. This year, Yeah. So like kind of that kind of like started our conversation into what we learned this year. Um, I, I guess I didn't really think about how to go through it. We can do, so I kind of have, I guess, three bullet points that we want you want to do like every, every other one or something. If we have time, like i yeah. do one and you do one. If yeah. they're not, I'm sure some of them are going to go hand in hand and we can just kind of like bust them out the same, but. um, Well, since we, Speaking
1: of that, though, do your number two first since it's my number one. And then I think most of our other ones are a little
0: different. So, yeah. So, mine was, you know, use the wind for your benefit. So, you know, I, you, you're kind of given what that being said is your the wind is kind of, you know, there to more or less if you can use it correctly to help you.
1: Yep. Yeah. And I, and I obviously, I had the same thing for, for my bullet point. And, um, yeah, I mean, like we kind of just said, I mean, we, we used to disregard it a little bit because we were hunting for more of a distance or at least in our heads, we thought we'd, you know, always be more of a distance, but, but yeah, uh, getting into archery hunting, uh, definitely, definitely
0: makes a big difference in, in
1: how we hunt. So, right. And,
0: And like, you know, like you're trying to, in hunting, you're trying to put everything into your favor, kind of like how a deer, you know, like when they bed, they're going to bed with the, um, how do they do it? Like with the wind blowing into their nose and then, you know, facing downhill. So that way, you know, like they have, they're using all their senses for their benefit to help them stay alive. And we kind of got to destruct all their benefits. And use them to our benefit, to to fill a tag, you know. So it's kind of a funny. It's kind of funny if you think about it that way, you know. Like they're 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 experts on using all their senses, and they have ex excellent ability in their senses, you know. Like their smelling's really good. Their their hearing's really good. Their eyesight, I don't know how well the eyesight is. I think it's decent. Um. Because they can spot you. They can pinpoint you. It seems like deer or elk, the same same thing. You move a little bit. They smell you. They hear you. You know, they pinpoint where you're coming from. Um, and we're just trying to use all that in reverse to gain ground on them. But Well, our, our biggest, our best sense is our eyes. Right. Really. True. I mean. Because we can't. Well, I mean, we can smell. It's, we can smell, but like we can't, <laughs> you know, I can't smell you a hundred yards away from me. Well, there's been a few times I thought <laughs> I could smell you from a hundred <laughs> yards away, but. Well, yeah, that's when I, I, you know, had a couple accidents and. <laughs> <laughs> no talking
1: about that though. I, I don't know if you, I brought it up. I brought it up before on the podcast. So I don't know if you remember, but that time we were hunting in, up here in Colorado and and uh and I like I stopped and I'm like I'm like oh I I I smell it I smell I smell an elk and then you like look down and you're like there's a big pile of poop right there and I'm like oh yeah that's probably what I smell <laughs> uh, so, so you- I don't I don't trust my nose
0: right but uh yeah so I guess I don't know I'll move on to my next bullet point, I guess, with that. Uh, Sounds good. And uh, so that is, uh, which was my number one thing. I, don't, I wouldn't say my number one thing, but the first thing that I guess I learned this year was, uh, if you're not seeing sign, move areas. Ooh.
1: Yeah, I did I did a lot of that this year, actually. I, I actually, that was one of my main focus points was, was hitting areas. If I didn't see much sign or, or much elk or any elk, I was kind of getting on on X and going, well, where else can I go? And I actually did that quite a bit this year, you No, know, which I, I don't know. I mean, some, you know, you could make the argument that I think in some cases you can make the argument to maybe like keep going back to a spot, but if right. you're not seeing the sign, then what's the point of going back to a spot? But saying that next year, there's, there's some spots that I found that had quite a bit of sign in it. And I'm like, ooh, I got to come here and, like, just figure out a place to, like, stop and hang out, hang right. out behind some bushes. And because there was so much sign in a few of these areas, I was like,
0: they're in here. I'm just not seeing them. Right. So, well, that's like, like, you know, for me, so I, I kind of have two two things with that. There's one area. There was tons of, uh, uh, I guess, the sheep area. And I, I kind of was thinking it was elk. But then, you know, like, I was like, well, this is too big of an area that's been mowed down that like, you know, the elk herd would have to have to have lived here for a while to get that mowed down. And at first I was like, Oh, I'm in the elk, you know, like got all excited, but then there was no other, like, you know, there was no other elk sign. And, uh, but you know, I kind of hunted in that area thinking I'd come I, that's then that's the area that I, that I saw the, all those bulls. Like I did come across some bulls, down in one canyon, like y'all, you know, there's like five, five or six bulls I came across, but no cows. And that's that's where I can only hunt a spike or a cow. And then the other area, my any bull area, you know, I I started hitting. I think you know, I've learned that I gotta throw a bigger loop. Like if I'm not seeing elk sign within an area, it's like I'm not just moving a couple miles. It's like, you know, gonna be like a 15-20 mile or more move. And that's what I, I ended up doing my last day of the hunt because I was almost like a 60 mile move, but then I got into them, you know, like I didn't see any, but I had, I had one, two, three, three bugles and got into wallows and fresh droppings, you know, and scrapes and stuff. So yeah, that's my, yes. Sooner, you know, if I'm not seeing sign, decent sign, it's time to move and not, yeah. not spending like the whole day. Well, you know, like, at least I think, unless it, I know the area, I uh, know I'm not. Um, yeah. Cause it seems like I just end up like, well, if I just sit here long enough, something will come along, which is true, but I might be there for a month.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. To have
1: that one bull roll through. Right. For sure. Um, I guess you. Will, I'll go sure. on the next one. Yeah. Uh, kind of parallels with what you said, actually, to a sense is uh, working the draws and the benches a little more. You know, finding when you find those benches to just kind of work them a little bit and and hang out for a while. You know, especially like if you're seeing some good sign. Uh,
0: you know, you. What do you mean it. by? working the benches like i know you said senton would like you like calling and stuff too and
1: calling uh maybe maybe like you know i mean sometimes those those benches can be pretty fairly big so you might need to walk up and down them a little bit or you know just just working them you know trying to figure out where um within reason trying to figure out where the elk may be or where they're hanging out at but if you're not seeing much sign then get out of there, but we're just working those trusts Here's what I'm saying is like earlier in the season, I was kind of up on top of the plateaus. And uh, some of this was cause I was just exploring and trying to figure out where to go. And cause I, some of this, I was like, well, it's a little bit of a scouting game right now. Cause I'm trying right. to figure out these new areas, but I was up on the plateaus, but where I had most of my success was down in the draws down on the benches kind of creeping through the air, same area that they were in. That's where most of my success came from. But every time I was up on top, or in a plateau. It was hard to see much, you know, you kind of had to be down in it. Right. To, to, to get the action to a sense, even though my first morning that I went out, which was really cool. I mean, I, you know, I, I was up on the plateau, poked my head over the, over the side. And then I saw, uh, two cows and a, and a calf or something like that, you know, like first 30 minutes of the morning, you know, I was pretty stoked about that. I thought it was going to be a pretty fulfillful, um, elk hunt, but, (laughs) and I mean, you know, I, I mean, I had, I had a good time, but, but this year, yeah. So from you know what i learned this year i just feel like it's you know getting down in there in the benches um and the draws is, is will help your chances of success
0: right no and i agree with that and that kind of um you know kind of goes along with my next bullet point is uh be in shape
1: and mm-hmm. i have be in
0: shape and don't use the season to get into shape you know, because I kind of go into it like every year, I guess I'm young enough still that like I'm not scared to be like, you know, out of shape and drop into a canyon because I know I know I'm, I guess, uh, bullheaded enough that I'm going to hike myself out. Now, there's been, I'll say there's been a couple of canyons that I dropped into this year that I was going to come out another side but I didn't want to do that because it was too, too steep. So I, <laughs> you know, I had to rethink my plan, but, you know, being in shape before season starts um, and going along with, you know, working, working those areas with your uh, working the draws and the benches, like, you know, to really work them successfully. Being in shape is going to help immensely. Yeah, I guess, uh, I,
1: that kind of works in with that because I think sometimes like looking down in those draws and you know, it could be kind of rugged, steep country. And, uh, if you're not in the best shape or, you know, I mean, it could be a little intimidating cause you're like, oh, I got to climb up out of this stuff too. Yeah. But, uh, so yeah, it kind of goes a lot. Like it kind of goes hand in hand a little bit and, and, uh, you're hundred percent right. I think me and Joe both suffered from it a little bit this year. Like, um, I think we both were trying to do a little bit, but probably didn't take it serious enough to, you know, be in some kind of shape before hunting season. But uh, after we got going, I think we both got in a little better shape by the end of the season. You know, we're running up and down the draws, you know, pretty easily, but, um, but it, it makes it that much easier the more shape you can be in all year round. And that and that's something like I'm hoping that I take away this year and, and I, I stay in better shape all year round instead of just a month before or, or during the season, as you said earlier.
0: Right. And that's, you know, like, that's the one that, like, you try to do crossover things and, you know, that's the one that's going to, like, benefit you outside of hunting too you know like your your whole quality of life as well you know being in shape and throughout the whole year not just elk season but throughout the whole year like you know if you stay in shape it's gonna gonna help you you're gonna find
1: yourself doing more physical activities and have more fun with those physical activities and right yeah for sure i mean i think you know, it's one of the the easiest things to neglect because sometimes it's easier to eat Doritos and Netflix and chill than it is to go uh, work yeah. out.
0: <laughs> <I laughs> I'll say I do love my uh, my cookies and milk or my donuts <laughs> and milk, I'm, I'm I'm not scared to put a package of uh, chips Ahoy <laughs> into my gullet. But <laughs> <laughs> I've I've been known to put down a
1: few myself. So you're not alone, <laughs> but you know, me and Joe, we got a little gentleman's bag going on. And I, I don't know about you, but I've been uh, kind of horrible about checking, checking if I'm even making any progress, but I am going to get I've, on it.
0: I don't know that I've uh, made any progress, but I've been the last time I checked, I've kept off like the four pounds I had. So I, I'm as far as continuing with my three pounds, I I'm behind so like I haven't kept up the three pounds but I've kept off what I've had so <laughs> I, I wish I could say I know
1: where I'm I, I I would like to say that I've kept off what I had too but I I really don't know I haven't even checked you know during during the hunt well you know most of the time during the day um I mean I I might eat a a cliff bar or, granola bar or something but it was really weird i that's something i i'm i'm sure other hunters go through it too but i wasn't when i was out there hiking i mean every once in a while i'd just be like ah, i need a little little energy like i need to right. i need some energy but i wasn't hungry it was right. it was kind of a weird feeling where i was I, so i'd go all day, you know most of the day and i might have a cliff bar or two um throughout the day but then uh, but, and even sometimes by the time I got to camp, I was just like, well, I did eight or nine miles today. I ha I had to have burned a lot of calories. I got, you know, like, so I'm like, I'm going to cook this meal up and you know, that would be my biggest meal of the day was the one I cooked up at camp. But, um, but yeah, I don't, it's hard to say, but I don't feel like I was getting like a ton of calories in, but, right. but But when you're out there camping though, it's the weirdest, like some, especially when you're working hard like that, it feels like you almost go further with less fuel in a, in a weird way. Like you only need little bits of fuel to go, but then you get home and then you're like, well, I'll eat the whole fridge out, you know? And you're like, (laughs) right. How come when I was camping and actually putting in all the miles, I was eating actually a lot smaller, but I get home and I want to eat the whole kitchen. I, I don't understand it, but
0: (laughs) right. I think it's a
1: boredom thing or something. I I don't know.
0: Yeah, what you well, yeah boredom and what you're focused on, you know what your mind's doing, and then I think your body kicks in, and does some things too to help with that. Like you know you you just don't realize it when you're sitting at home. You're just like, oh hey, I'm bored. It looks yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think
1: you're right. Well, let's move on to the next bullet point. I think it's my turn, isn't it? yeah all right so the next bullet point is that i wrote down that I, that i felt um w- had a big impact on my hunt and i wish i would have done it earlier in the hunt but it's uh not to be afraid of to bugle or cow calls um i think since it was my first year of archery hunting and being able to archery hunt during that uh during the the rut I was a little, a little nervous to do too much bugle and thinking like, Oh, I'll call in all these hunters. You know, I was, I was basically thinking about other hunters more than I was about my own hunt in a weird way. And looking back though, I kind of wish I would have done it, especially on the last week where everybody's saying that they're, you know, so hot and heavy on bugling. And I was kind of you know, fro. Uh, I wasn't frozen on it, but I just I neglected to do it. You know, and and uh, until that last day, and then, and then I got a little bit of action on that last day. So, it it definitely changed my
0: perspective on how I was bu-
1: using right. the bugle. So, um, well, that that was one thing that I felt like I learned.
0: Yeah. Then, like you know, that's like kind of. call I guess it's all a whole new game like that. So I'll go ahead and like well. Sound like this will be the end of our was that your last one? I actually have two more, so okay. Um, well that's my last one is is using calls. Um and you know, like and not being scared to use them. And I, I don't know that I was scared, but kind of like you, you know, like it's that whole knowing what to do when you call. You know, because I, I got like my last day, I just started just started letting bugles go but then i bugled i just would keep bugling and you know like coming to find out i probably should have stopped and throw more cow calls after i bugled so i had one cat one elk that just kept moving further and further and further away from me but it kept bugling at me but he was just <laughs> checking to see where i was at gotcha but the first couple of bugles he stayed fairly close so i feel like you know if i would have just shut up on the bugle side and started cow calling, I might've had a little bit more success, but you know, that's, but then again, that, that, this was the first time I've actually ever tried bugling, you know, I like ever used, I should have been probably using cow calls more, but I don't know. When, when do you, you know, like it, my thing was a, well, when do I use it? Do I just walk down and start cow calling, you know? So, so my, my mind reads use calls and know when to call and what to call or what call to use, you know? Well, it, yeah, it, you know, another tricky part too, is something
1: that we, we both heard in a few other podcasts is, um, not to call unless you're actually hearing out call. Right. But sometimes, sometimes you need to force the issue and get them moving you know right yeah sometimes they, 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 I feel so I think the couple things that I was fighting against was uh full moon and um and maybe the rain too cuz I was get you know during the day I'd get into all these rainstorms so I'm not 100% sure about this but I think the elk were kind of you know bedding down a little more during the day and they weren't as active but they'd get up at night and you know, that one night, middle of the night, I, yeah, hearing them bugle, you know, I w- wake up in my tent and I'm, I'm hearing them bugle all around me and I'm like, Oh yes. You know? And, and then that next day I didn't hear anything. So, um, so yeah, I mean the, all their activity was at night for whatever reason during that week. So, um, so yeah, you know, listening to those podcasts and saying like, you know, Oh, don't bugle unless you hear him bugle. And and I think that's a great advice, but kind of what I learned this year is sometimes you just got to force the issue, you know, maybe, maybe try that for a day or two. And if you're not getting, if you're still not getting any activity and your hunts coming to a close, then, then, uh, definitely just, just, you know, force the issue If you have to call in another hunter, just be like, well, I can guarantee you this there ain't no elk around here. Just me and you.
0: Right. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Now you know to move ridges or. Yep. Well, and you know, to go off of that too.
1: um, If you can utilize it in a way, I I think, so if you hear a bugle from somewhat of a distance uh, I, I think it's something to at least try and hopefully work in your benefit. And if you have enough cover to do it, to where you're not being seen with your movement uh, is to like, when you lay out a bugle and you actually get a bugle back is to uh, maybe try to move closer to that elk. S- kind of indicating to him that you're coming in hot too, that you, you know what I mean? Like, like you're like, yeah. makes him want to come into you a little bit. Um you know, hopefully with more experience in the future and stuff, I'll test that kind of stuff out a little more and see if it works. But, um, but it's kind of an idea. I mean, uh, I, I feel like I've heard that before and, and, um, I don't know. It seems like it makes sense, right? Like you can't just stay in one spot and make the, the elk come all the way to you. Right. Right. Do it. Doing the ninety ten rule. <laughs> You know, I mean, yeah. or, well, a hundred zero rule, right. <laughs> you know, so that that's all I'm saying. I mean, you might not have to move that much, just maybe, maybe, you know, 40 yards or 20 yards even. And, you know, but showing that you're making some kind of movement toward that elk might entice them to be like, Oh, he's coming to, well, I'm going to meet him halfway, you know, like, <laughs> right. So uh, so, yeah, just not to be afraid to bugle those But one bullet point. I'll try to get through these other ones a little uh, fairly quick. Uh, another thing that I learned this year, which is something that we always try to do. I, I think me and Joe have always tried to get away from the roads, but getting away from the roads uh, gets you away from people. And. I mean, I, I feel like I just saw it over and over. Um, there was a handful of times well not even a handful like literally like two times maybe um i saw somebody out in the woods or in the middle of the woods rather away from the roads um i saw somebody else out in the woods um uh, most people really just don't like to get too far away from the road i mean that's what it comes down to so right I think that it helps your chances whenever the further away you, from the road you get.
0: Right. You know, like we kind of, we've said before another podcast too, but I, I mean, we'll probably just, we'll probably always say it for the rest of our hunting careers. But like one of the things picked up on is, you know, like elk don't like people and you know, like they're going to be where they're <laughs> away from people. Yeah. And, and,
1: um, to think that they don't know that hunt season's happening when uh probably 90% of the time that they're up they're they're in their home um there's no there's maybe one vehicle a day that rolls through the woods there and then on hunt season there's uh there's 50 vehicles going all different directions and you can hear the four-wheelers and the side-by-sides 5 miles away from right. you know when you get down in those draws you can hear that stuff for a long time and uh, I was kind of thinking about that, you know, and, and I'm like, yeah, you know, that's funny. I mean, these elk obviously ain't dumb creatures. And, uh, you know, when, when, when you go from a ghost town to a small city, <laughs> you know, of, of traffic, I mean, they, they know what's going on. They know more of what's going on than, than we want to give them credit for. So, um, so yeah, it's just, uh, you know, getting away from the roads is, I think really kind of helps your chances. And then the last one is, is less movement. Um, I feel like, I feel like every time that I slowed down and, and, um, didn't move as much. I think with archer, you can really make this work for yourself. Like the later rifle seasons and stuff. It's a little harder because, um, you know, you got to, uh, spot in stock or, or, um, or still, hunt, I guess is the term, you know, you're you're chomping through the woods and just trying to find sign and and find them as fast as you can. But, uh, during archery hunt though, you can do a little less movement and use your calls to try to entice them to come to you instead of you always trying to go to them. So, um, so that, I don't know. Cause I feel like every time that I, stop moving for the most part i would get some kind of activity once in a while you know like you ever notice like whenever you're walking and you know you just hear your footsteps or whatever and then you stop for like two minutes and all of a sudden you hear the birds and the blah 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 blah, you know and you start hearing you know the 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 squirrels throwing down pine cones and stuff and you're like you're like how come i didn't hear that on the way in here but as soon as i stopped i heard it yeah. And, um, even, even on, uh, one of the, the, the second to last day or third to last day, I can't remember which one. Um, every time I would stop and just kind of sit a while, um, not every time, but I heard a cow go, you know, make a call or, 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 or almost every day I would hear like one locator bugle. And then I'd, You know, and then I would get, that's where I messed up and I should have probably, you know, been aggressive with trying to call him in and see what I could do there. But, um, but I, you know, kind of got scared or, or not scared, but, you know, I, uh, I was more, I thought if, if, um, I guess some of that is, is where I would freeze up at is, I hear one locator bugle and I'm like, Oh, you know, maybe they want some action. Maybe they'll throw out another call. If they throw out one more call, I'm calling back. Right. And they would never throw out another call. So then I'd be like, well, maybe they're just trying to locate their cow and, you know, go bed up for the day or whatever. And, uh, but now looking back, I wish I would have been a little more aggressive with my calls and tried to entice whenever I heard that locator call to try to entice them to come do something.
0: Right. Come do something about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> those, those are fighting words. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's all I got for my bullet points. Yeah, you know, like less movement. That's, the you know, like a double-edged sword. Um, yeah, you don't want to move too much. Because, like, you know, the that's that's what they're doing is they're looking for movement and you're looking for movement. And it's almost like whoever does the last movement typically wins because usually seems like usually they, well, at least my, not always in my experience, but they always seem to spot me before I spot them. Cause they're not moving and I'm moving. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what happened to me on the day, the,
1: my second to last day, whenever I saw that cow, I mean, matter I kind of wonder if I you know if I would have known that she was there because I was looking up in the tree if I would have known that she was there before I looked down to her if I would have just stayed there looking up at the tree or she would have stood there a lot longer you know trying to figure out what I am because I feel like that's whenever she moved like she saw me and you know she could have moved while I was looking up in the tree but it was only till I like you know moved my head and looked over at her
0: that she was like oh i'm out of here right i think a lot of time i think we one of the things that we don't give enough credit to is like is like our body language cuz i think that they can tell like when you're in stealth mode trying to be sneaky versus just walking through the woods cuz like you know like i've i've had one instance where if i would have kept i could have just kept walking actually I did. I walked, past. I look, I kind of caught caught this cow out of the corner of my eyes and I just kind of, I kept walking. I walked past and then I backed up and, and looked up at her. And I stood there watching her for, you know, a little bit till she had enough and took off. But I think if you can, you know, catch those moments to where they don't realize you have seen them and kind of use that to your advantage at times and just kind of keep walking, get yourself set up and walk back and and go in for it, I think, anyways.
1: Yeah. I, well you might be on to some. I definitely feel like if you had a camera they would smile for you, but <laughs> right. They have a bow or a rifle and they're running, you know, <laughs> they're yeah. getting out of dodge. So right. Or at least that's the way it feels sometimes. I'll tell you though, where we uh where we hunted at this last year in utah with you we definitely gotta get some uh buck tags over there (laughs) right
0: (laughs) did we ever do anything with that i i think we talked about it once i i put some i believe i put some up on uh on the old uh, instagram and but we need to make a little video of that or something too because um Those are some, no, I, yeah, I did. I did put a couple of pictures up, but those are some good dandy bucks. Yeah. They're impressive. I, 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 I probably would, I would have went after them, but I probably would have like been shaking my boots too much to really do anything to, to have brought one down. <laughs>
1: Ah, uh, there they are. That's not too bad of a picture through the old spot and scope. Oh, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah, if we would have had buck tags, man. Would have been so cool. Yeah. The other cool thing would have been, too, is. So, yeah, taking- if you want. Well, speaking of though, if you want to see those pictures, go to struggle, the Struggling Hunters on uh, Instagram at the Struggling Hunters, and you'll uh, see the bucks. See the bucks that we're talking about. It's the second to last post, or the most Maybe. recent. The most recent post, then the second one after that.
0: <laughs> Not the second one. And the bottom of the, of the whole pile.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I realize I realized this sounded a little <laughs> backwards after I said that, but,
0: but yeah, go ahead. Well, you got any more? No, that that's it. You know, that, uh, if you know for the season, I, I hope that I can clue into this stuff a little quicker next year and, uh, be able to use it to, to my advantage. Yeah, me too. I, I really feel, I feel
1: exactly the same way. That's, um, mm. well, the 10th commandment will, will explain how I feel. I don't want to say it yet, I guess, but no, I guess I can't. Well, yeah. should we hold it? No, you can go ahead. <laughs> well, the, okay. The 10th commandment is, is pretty simple too. It says, it says, um, remember that, the the hunt for next year starts the minute that this this year is over. And um so with that thought in mind, my thought is is like starting where I basically left off, right? Right. And then go and then going from there. So taking the stuff that I learned, kind of getting myself in the same situation, then going from there and seeing what happens. Uh it's kind of part of my plan for for next year. So we'll go over that 10th commandment again, but, but it is on there on the Fred bear commandment, but it makes logical sense and I'm definitely using it for my, uh, for my next year's hunt. But with that said, I'm not fully done. I haven't gotten my tag yet, but I think I'm going to go and see if I can't get a, uh, OTC, Colorado uh, elk tag for third season and so uh, as long as I can get the tag which I think I can I've had other people I've recently been talking to other people and they said that you can I've never exercised it before so I've been like I think you can I'm a little (laughs) nervous you know like but um so I'm gonna I'm gonna exercise it and so my elk hunt's not quite all the way over but um it is gonna be My first priority is getting my deer tag filled. And then my second priority is, is the elk, but in the middle of trying to get my deer tag filled, if I see a nice bull elk, you know, I'll take, I'll take advantage of it, but um, I don't want to get caught up in trying to hunt both at the same time, then end up walking away with nothing. So I'm going to focus on the deer and then go for the elk. Um, And I probably won't hunt quite as hard as I did for archery, but I'll definitely be out there a little bit and you know talk about those stories. So so um yeah, so that's my plan for uh for the elk. So I kind of want to I guess I wanted to clarify that for myself, maybe I don't know that my elk season may not be completely a hundred percent over, but for Archery it is, I guess. So right. Um, but with that said, anything you want to add? No, I'm good all right guys well again thanks for uh, getting through another episode with us we appreciate all the time that you spend with us we're uh you know blow, we're just blowing and going trying to do do the best we can trying to become okay podcasters and really good hunters and uh with that said we're out of here so have
0: a good one have a good one guys